0: God, that uh, your mercy is good. God, your presence is here in this place. Father, I thank you for the opportunity this morning to to share your word. I ask the next few moments that Sean would step aside, that your Holy Spirit would be free to speak and minister to every heart and life in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. This morning, um, I want to talk to you about one of the greatest mysteries, I believe, in the Christian faith, and, uh, and that is the word Grace. Amen. It's a, it's a topic that I, I think is, is tricky to, uh, to minister on, but I, I believe God has given me some, some good stuff today to, to share with you. But one thing I want you to know that it, grace is not um, what some of us think. And I think we have a picture to show you this morning what grace isn't. And um, maybe you've been in this situation before, um, pulled over, and you would maybe share this with the officer. But officer, I'm under grace, not under law. Some of you are like, why not? Amen? Man, some of you are like uh, a little touchy there. Sorry. All right, take that off. They didn't like that one. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse number 16. It says, for a just man falls seven times and rises up again. The rest of the verse, which I believe I'm talking to just men and women this morning, goes on to say, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. I want to ask this morning, do I have any risk Takers in the house of God. How many of you would consider yourself a risk taker? I know I am. I am that guy. Um, obviously, to my own demise, a lot of times um, I have experienced a lot of um, really thrilling moments um, that were absolutely phenomenal until they ended. And um, I. <laughs> Maybe you've been there. You know, I remember having a street bike. I'm not, okay, if, if you're, un, you know, not there yet, I'm not sharing these stories to give you ideas, okay? This is not, this is my, my war stories. These aren't celebration stories. Um, I remember I got my street bike and, and so there was a group of us and we thought it'd be really great to, um, to line up at night and, and we would go cruising the strip, so to say, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, so we'd all line up at the red light and there was about eight of us. And for some reason, we always thought it was cool to see who could ride a wheelie the farthest on your street bike. And I mean, and not only ride a wheelie, but how far back can you get and still catch it and come back down? And, you know, so we were always pushing the envelope until one night one of my buddies decided that he was going to go so far back that he was going to try and run behind it and get back on it. And I, that, I, that night did not end well for him. And um, so for me, then the next day I'm out and I'm trying to be more careful and I shined up my bike real good. And, and there was this, this road that I used to take home all the time from work and, and it was just a real sharp S, you know? And so I don't know if you guys ever detail your vehicles or anything, but I I detailed my sport bike and I'm going to give you a little secret, never armor all the wheels. Nobody ever told me that. I always armor all my car wheels, you know, made them look nice and shiny. And so on my sport bike, I did that, but I got a little out there and I took this turn, man, and I laid it sideways and it just slipped right out from under me. And I'm just tumbling, looking like a fool. Just one of my risks that I took. I don't know about you guys. How many can identify with a story like that? Uh, Maybe rock climbing. I remember um, last year we were camping um, and we were out hiking down along the beach and I always, maybe it's just a man thing. I was, you know, hanging out with my boys and kind of wanted to prove my manhood a little bit. And uh, so we're climbing all these rocks and stuff. I mean, it's just real beautiful and just real rocky and stuff. And so there's this <clears throat> this spot, and I'm thinking Mission Impossible. They did this in the movies. And um, so it's like these two pieces of rock that go up like this. So I'm like, I'm gonna climb. I'm gonna scale this. I'm gonna. My little boy, middle guy, Chase. He just he can climb anything. And so I'm like, I got to show him that I can still do some things. And so I'm climbing this rock and I get up and it's kind of like this black shale stuff. And I get all the way up to the top. I'm about probably, I don't know, eight, 10, probably about 10 feet up. And all of a sudden the rock just comes off in my hands. And I slid down, and I mean, there was other rocks going up like this, and I mean, I barely—I sh- I probably should have died—but um, I—I tore up my ankle. We're down on the beach. I had to hike back up to the campground. I was laid up for the rest of the campsite. But I'm not afraid to take risks. I'm so not. A- I don't know why. You think I would learn my lesson by now? I have scars from head to toe in my life. Snowboarding. I remember. Just this last week, we went up hiking with the kids and we passed Kirkwood. And I remember going all by myself and maybe you've been up there and up at Kirkwood. I guess this is like the highest point you can get to. And uh, I didn't know I was all by myself. I strap on my snowboard. I get all the way up to the top of the mountain. And the only way down is this wall. And, uh, and God have mercy. I just rolled all the way down. I, you guys are like, I didn't come to hear all your war stories. No, it gets better. Maybe you've been a risk taker when it comes to investing. There's been times where um, myself individually or Dan and I, we've, we've taken risks. We've put money into something thinking it's going to yield a great return. And anyways, moving right along. Maybe relationships. Maybe you remember back when you were a teenager and that hot chick in high school, that handsome young man, and you took a risk and you asked him out to prom, homecoming, and they rejected you. Maybe that you didn't get rejected. I have been rejected. Risk is usually associated with something extreme. How many of you are the opposite? You wouldn't take a risk if there was a million dollars on the other side of it. Some of you have lived your life. <laughs> I'm not going to point her out. She's like, oh, it's me. You know, you're just like, you look at people that do these extreme things, and you're just like, Uh Uh-uh, I'm not even getting on a bicycle with training wheels because you're so afraid to take a risk. But what is grace to you this morning? To me, grace is his strength at my point of need. Grace can be defined as God's sufficiency or God's fullness in the life of a believer. I like to call God's grace God's enoughness. When you think about all the risks you've tried, maybe young, old, I'm still determined to believe that I'm like 15 up here, and so I do things. I'm out there running with my kids, I'm playing basketball, and I'm getting a little more reserved as I get a little older, because it takes a little longer to recover, but when it comes to our life with God, how can we have no problem taking these risks in the natural? We put ourselves out there on the line in the natural. We don't even think about it. But Proverbs said, a just man falls seven times and yet gets back up. I don't think he was talking about my bicycle. Amen? I don't think he was talking about me falling on my snowboard. I, I really believe that he was talking about us taking risks with our faith in God. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the God of second chances. Proverbs, or Psalms chapter 86 and verse number 15 says, but thou, O Lord, are a God full of Of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. One of the amazing facets of God's character is his incredible patience with us. Because he's so rich in mercy. He's so rich in grace. He's so rich in long-suffering for us stubborn people. Some of you may say, well, he's not a God of second chances. There's no way. I love the verse of Jonah chapter three and verse number one. Sorry, I just put them on the wall and I go fast and you should, you can get the CD afterwards or right quick. Jonah three and verse number one, it says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard God kind of speak to your spirit. You felt something stir in your heart and you've ignored it. Or maybe it's come again and you've ignored it. Um, I, I think we can begin to relate with some of these stories. But God is not only the God of second chances. I believe God is the God of another chance. Because this is good news because most of us mess up the second chance very quickly, don't we? I don't know about you guys. I've blown it many times when it comes to God asking me to take risks. Opportunities never look as good coming as they are going. How many of you have ever missed that opportunity and you look back and go, man, that was that was a good opportunity. I really missed that. Amen. Opportunities don't really wait for anyone, do they? See, the Bible's filled with men and women that took great risks and seized opportunities because of their faith. It's full of people that received second chances, third chances, and some of them fourth chances. Peter, Jonah, Moses, Samson, David and many others, all these people are trophies of God's grace. Today, I would like to take a moment and focus on one individual named Peter. This guy is mentioned over 195 times in the Bible. As I say his name, some of you have been in church for a while and you begin to think of different moments of Peter's life, and and I began to research Peter, and he's got quite a rap sheet. He's got quite a list, and I I actually am going to Peter this morning for a little bit. I think sometimes we look at Peter, and we're so quick to, to point out people's failures and people's shortcomings, but I think that that's quite honestly um, the condition of, of man in general, isn't it? We tend to focus more on people's failures instead of their attempts. See, he is a living legend when it comes to being given a second chance. Turn to your Bibles to Mark chapter 14 this morning. I'm going to kind of stay in this spot for a little bit. Mark chapter 14, verse number 27. Here we find this interaction with Peter and Jesus. I love this passage of Scripture because to me it encapsulates and defines who Peter is and quite possibly, really, who we are as people. Um, it, it's a beautiful story. We find at the start of this passage, they just finished the Last Supper together. They you know, would just had communion, so to say, together. And we find ourselves at the conclusion of this night in verse number 26. It says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Then Jesus said to him, "All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But I but after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee." Peter said to him, "Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be." Jesus said to him, "Assuredly, I say to you that today, even this night, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter spoke more vehemently, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said likewise. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and imagine Jesus standing face to face with you. Think about Peter for a moment. Here he is arguing with the Lord. This guy is my hero. He's standing before the Lord. And Jesus, in all of his might, in all of his good, and everything that he did, he says, you're going to deny me. And Peter, the fiery young man, I believe he was so zealous for the Lord, he looks at Jesus, he says, I will not deny you. And I think some of us in our faith and in our lives, I think we can find ourselves like Peter right now, as Jesus begins to call and Jesus begins to declare and Jesus begins to say, and then Jesus goes, you will deny me before the night's in. And Peter's response, even if I die, I will not deny you. How many times have we made promises and declarations to the Lord like that? How many times have we found ourselves like Peter strapped into his sandals, walking around in his robe, saying, Jesus, I promise. Jesus, I will never deny you. Before I finish this passage, you have to understand who Peter was and the significance about what of what was about to happen. See, Peter was the first one to confess that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, Peter acknowledged, he's like, this is the Christ. Peter was like, he was on it, man. He was that guy that probably most of us couldn't stand. Because he was just fiery, man. He was he was always right in front. He's like, you need somebody, pick me. You want to do a disgusting game in youth group? Pick me. You want me to do something risky? Pick me. That's I think that's Peter. He's just always like, I'll do it pick me, pick me. He's like, this is the Messiah. Peter was also the one that Jesus encountered and, and I believe that Jesus saw something so great. I don't think there's another account that Jesus looked at him when his name was Simon. Jesus changed his name to Peter. There was something special about Peter. See, Peter was the guy <laughs> that cut off the soldier's ear at Jesus. I mean, he made mistakes, but he's trying to protect the Lord. Just acting. Why? Leave him alone. He's my Savior. He's my Messiah. Protecting Jesus. Jesus gets out his supernatural super glue, sticks it back on. To me, Peter wasn't a failure. See, Peter, I believe, was so zealous for the Lord that he just acted without even thinking. He spoke without considering the repercussions. This zealous guy. Think about this. Jesus takes his disciples up to the mount. I'm I'm sharing this because you need to understand Peter for a second. Here he is with Jesus, the mount of transfiguration, and Moses and Elijah show up, and Jesus... And Moses and Elijah are having a conversation. And Peter, hold on. Let me build a shelter. Let me build a tabernacle. You guys should not be out here. I mean, he interrupts. Do you get this? I mean, Peter, Peter, what are you thinking? You are interrupting the most holy moment you could ever stand in. And he's like, hold on, guys. He's so zealous and fiery and riskful. He's just like, I'm just going to put it on the line. I don't, he's not even thinking. Maybe some of you have that kid. And you're just like, are you even thinking right now? Do, do you even consider, like, the rest of the universe around you? I don't know if I have a kid like that. <sighs> But then Peter, in all of his boldness, skip down to Mark chapter 14 and verse 66. We're skipping some story. You can go home this afternoon and put your feet up and read 32 to 66. But as Peter was below the courtyard, I agree. One of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. Now remember, what did Peter promise? Face to face with Jesus, even if I die. How many times have we answered those altar calls? How many times have we been on our knees in prayer? How many times have we been in intercession or at a conference or at a camp or anywhere? Driving in your car. Listen in to the fish, whatever you do. you stopped at the stoplight and everybody's honking because you got lost in the Lord and you're making promises to God. you're making promises to the Lord. Here's Peter about to encounter his promise. She said you were with Jesus of Nazareth but he denied it saying, I neither, I neither know nor understand. What you're talking about? Here's Peter. I mean, 30 verses later in the Bible. This isn't even like three weeks later. This is like 30 chapters later or verses. This isn't three years from now. This isn't all these circumstances took place in your life and now all of a sudden you want nothing to do with the Lord. Peter's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're crazy. I'm not a Christian. Walk on to work tomorrow morning, I, I'm not a believer. But as the servant girls, or no, he denied it, I neither know nor understand what you're saying, and he went out on the porch, and a rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again, and began to say to those who stood by, this is one of them. He denied it again. And a little later, those who stood by, said to Peter again, surely you are one of them for you are a Galilean and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear. (laughs) Hopefully none of us identify with that. I do not know this man of who you speak. A second time, the rooster crowed and then Peter came to his senses. He called to his mind, the word that Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me. I don't know how many times you've completely blown it. I don't know how many times you've made promises to God. But I could just imagine Peter in this moment. All of the sudden, because remember, Peter doesn't think before he speaks. He doesn't consider the repercussions before he acts. And here, he didn't even consider his response until after. Realizing that he did exactly what he said he would never do. How many times do we find ourselves doing the very things we promised we would never do? Caught in the very act that we declare to the Lord that we would never do. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because we deserve it, because we're under grace and not under the law, because I'm human and God knows my heart. No, no, no. But God, who is rich in mercy. Hear this this morning. There's some of you, you need to know how rich God is in mercy. Some of you, 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 you identify with Peter as I begin to talk about these risks, and I begin to talk about these moments of failure, and I begin to talk about these promises you've made to the Lord. You're walking around with this guilt and this shame, and I believe we're feeling like Peter in this moment. But because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. See, Peter was there when Jesus commanded them to put out their nets, and they brought in the biggest catch they'd ever seen. Think about all the things that Peter saw Jesus do. How could you experience all of these miraculous miracles and walk into work tomorrow and deny who Jesus is in your life? How could you stand amongst your family and you've seen God's miraculous power over and over in your life and stand with all boldness and deny Who Jesus is in your heart. See, I believe God is stirring us once again because He's a God of second chances. Think about Peter. I mean, this is the guy when Jesus comes walking to the boat on the water. Peter's the guy jumps up and jumps out of the boat. I'm going. I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm going to walk with Jesus. Yeah, he gets out there and goes, didn't even think about this. Dunk. But at least he got out of the boat. He's the only one that took a risk. He's the only one that said, I don't care if everybody else thinks I'm a fool. I don't care if everybody else thinks I'm nuts. I'm jumping out of the boat, sink or swim, I'm going to Jesus. I believe there's times where Jesus is standing there on the water. I remember seeing Pastor went to the Philippines or Indonesia, I don't know, one of those little islands over there. It might have been Indonesia, and he's got this picture, and, and he's out on the water. And when I first saw it, I'm like, homeboy is walking on water. I'm like, this is amazing. He is he's anointed. And then he tells me later, yeah, there's this like little bridge right under the water. So you can walk out, and I mean, the the water just crests over your big toe, and you look like you're out there walking on water. (laughs) Yet, experiencing all these great things that the Lord had done, Peter still stood as a carnal man with limitations that only God's grace could cover. I don't know about you guys, but I've taken risks for the Lord. I got myself out there right now. I'm like, you want me to stand in front of all these teenagers and share my story? I need your grace, God. I am not equipped. I don't even like to stand up here in front of you people. I hated this when I was a kid. I hated it in high school. I still don't like it. I get nervous. I get uncomfortable. But grace covers us, grace empowers us, grace picks us up. Peter was a guy that took chances. In our negative culture today, we spend so much time and energy focusing on the failures of everyone and ourselves, but Jesus and our Heavenly Father never spend their days tirelessly overshadowed by our shortcomings. They are cheering you on for the next attempt at fulfilling your calling. Jesus, so merciful, so gracious. Could you imagine having Peter around you? This guy making mistakes. He's got a rap sheet. And you get annoyed because they make a mistake one time. Jesus rich in grace. Rich in mercy. Like many of us, Peter's life was characterized by peaks and valleys. Highs and lows, ups and downs. I think we can all totally relate to this guy. Making Peter a model for Christians may sound strange at first because the gospel relate many of examples of Peter's lives as faithlessness. But because of the varied traits described to Peter, he may be the most fleshed out character in the Gospels, but Peter's failings are treated as symptoms of man's state of sinfulness or weakness, which can be overcome through faith and grace only. See, if I've experienced this many times in my life, I believe that God is a God of second chances. I know I've made those promises to the Lord. I know I've made those commitments to God when I was a teenager, when I was a young man, and I said, God, I'll never slip into temptation again. God, I'll never neglect you again. God, I'll never turn my eyes from you. I'll never be tempted in such a way again. God, I promise, I promise, even if I have to die. But I will tell you today that the God of second chances has shown up in my life more than I ever ever deserve. I've got out of that boat and I've sunk so quick. I still go. When we go to the water, man, I'm like, God, could I walk on water today? Woo, sink. God, could I be the one you could use to bring people into your kingdom? God, I'm going to try. I'm going to lay my hands on the sick today. God, that, that person's sick. I'm going to lay my hands on him. That lady in the office, I'm going to grab her and I'm going to pray for her right now. God, that neighbor that's hurting and broken, I'm going to share the words of life. I'm going to share the words of hope. I'm going to be your hand. I'm going to be your vessel today, God. I'm going to take risks for you. Who are we that we would take all these risks in the natural? We put more faith in in men than we do in God. Think about your finances. You put more faith in, in your bank account and in your investment counselors and your insurance plans and you won't give and honor God with your tithe. not saying that to get you to give more I'm just saying what is wrong with us if you want to give more go ahead but what is wrong what is wrong with us you get some some guy off the street telling you he's going to give you a great return on your money where do I sign up yeah, and you trust these people because they work for a company that makes money off of you giving them money. And trust me, I'm all for investing. I'm all for, I'm trying to figure it out myself, okay? But at the same time, I'm not going to quit trusting him first. I'm going to honor him first. I'm going to be wise with what's left. But I'm not going to give everything to, to you people and not trust him first. His grace at the point of need when I didn't deserve anything from Him. I love this verse. Micah 7 and verse number 18. I hope this is blessing your heart today. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity. Or in some translations, freely, freely. Freely. Forgiving, oh God, passing over the transgressions of the remnant of his heritage, passing over the sins of your people. He does not retain his anger forever. Listen to me, he delights in mercy. You've taken risks for God before. You've gotten yourself out there on a limb. And you failed. And you found yourself saying, God, I'm not going to take that risk again. He delights in mercy. There's no other God like him. We are up camping And Chase, my mountain goat. He's out climbing this sandy wall. I'm like, how did you get up there? He's like, seriously, we're down at the water. And he's like at the ceiling level. I'm not joking. And it's just like this wall. And it's just this tree branch shooting out. And he's out on it. And I don't think his mom saw And I'm taking my camera and I'm like, I don't know why I'm capturing this moment because it encourages him to do it again. But this is this kid, but he's out on this, he's taking this risk. He's out on a limb. (laughs) Out on a limb. And I'm like, Chase! Get off of that branch. That's too risky. but i think too many of us are afraid with our faith to get out on a limb for the lord to step out say god what if i just began to take risks in the spirit like i take risks in the natural some of you you got that new car you get it out on the freeway you're like i wonder how fast this goes We're all Christians, so none of us break the law, but some of us just got to test it. We don't even think about it. We just take risks. We drive across these bridges. If you live in Swansboro, you take a risk. Every day you go home. Right, Eli? Ask him, what are the moments you've turned from God, neglected truth and ignored conviction? The beautiful thing about God's extravagant love for us is that we have an infinite capacity to mess up. But even more infinite than our ability to sin is God's desire to forgive us. See, God will forgive us every time we ask. And I'm not saying that today so you can go live like hell and ask God to forgive you every day. There are no limits on God's love, so there's no limits. On his forgiveness. Today is. I begin to close. Maybe Bill would come back. And lead us into the Holy of Holies. There is therefore now. No. Condemnation. For those. Who are in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8. And verse number 1. But today maybe you failed at something. And you think. The dream is lost. I can tell you from my own experiences that we serve a God of second chances. Maybe you're like me this morning and you're on your 50th chance or your fifth chance. It doesn't matter because God doesn't keep score. Quit looking at God like you look at relationships in the natural. I think it's hard for us to understand the love of God because we've never experienced the love of a natural father in a right way. So we have these messed up ideologies and these messed up ways that we think about this loving God. But our God in heaven doesn't keep score this morning. Forget how many times you've failed God. And let today be the day that you repent and obey him. Let today be the day that you fulfill his calling. Let today be the hour that you live to do something for him. Let today be the day that his grace covers whatever pain is in your life from your past. See, I believe God is looking for Peters that are willing to take a risk. That are willing to speak when they probably shouldn't speak. Isn't it funny? We're being told don't, don't talk about your faith at work keep your faith to yourself but what's beautiful is if you listen to people the opportunity is always there don't let them shut you up don't let them silence you are you willing to take that risk It's easy to think about all the things that Peter did wrong or failed at or but the beautiful thing is after this great failure of Peter's this great promise that he broke Jesus shows up in his life and after the resurrection Peter went on to make a fiery speech on Pentecost, converting over 3,000 souls to Christ. Peter is the one that led a lame man from birth to his healing. You may say, I failed too many times. How could God use me? I promise. Peter's got you beat. I promise that God still wants to show up just like we sang this morning, because Jesus loves me. His second sermon <laughs> converted 5,000 Jews to Christianity. I just want to convert one. 5,000. Then Peter, talk about God's love. I mean, in our human mind, we'd, See, Peter locked in a prison and going, finally, he deserves it. He interrupted us. He failed. He did that. He cut the soldier's ear off. He, you know, you just started this rap sheet that we, that we store against people. But God, rich in mercy, rich in grace, sends an angel to that prison cell. Some of you this morning I like Peter and you're you're locked in that cell right now in your faith you're locked in the cell of disbelief of of guilt but I believe there's a God in heaven who can send angels down and unlock those prison doors and set God's people free there's somebody here today and you took that risk and you've been hurt. You took that risk and it failed miserably. It might even cost you a relationship, cost you things that can't be replaced in the natural. But I believe today that God is looking for those that will take a risk again. Maybe you'd be the one that would be light in darkness. Maybe you'd be that one that would give when it doesn't make sense to give. Maybe you'd be the one this morning that would pray when nobody else is praying. Maybe you'd be that one that showed love when everybody else has turned their back. You don't know who's waiting for you to take a risk. If you'd close your eyes for a moment. Please hear my heart. I'm going to share a story right now. And this is not for any other reason but to encourage you to stir an awareness Tuesday night the kids put on this this thing this celebration whatever (laughs) kind of felt like a funeral for a moment but they just began to thank Dana and I for being their youth pastors and it was a beautiful evening. But after it was all done, there was this young lady, sweet as all get out, beautiful young lady. She comes up and she wraps her arms around me. And she just starts weeping. She says, You saved my life. I'm in my mind. I'm like, I didn't do anything. (laughs) God saved you. But as she began to share, she goes, The first night I came to this youth group, I was ready to take my life. I'm like, What? She goes, But you shared a message and that night God saved my life I don't know what's in your heart but when that young lady told me It's like, God, I'll take risks for you for the rest of my life. You never know who's sitting in the crowd of your life. Some of you are just so scared to take that step for God. God. Will that young lady be alive today? If I would have taken a risk, I don't know. But what I do know is she is alive because I took a risk and I obeyed the Lord and I spoke and I shared and I believed. I don't know who's sitting in this room today but every time I speak in this microphone I believe that there could be somebody sitting here. And maybe that's you, you're at the end. You've been hurt, you've been rejected, you've you've lost hope, you've lost faith, you've lost dreams, you've you've locked it all away. He's a God of second chances. He's a God who delights in mercy. He's a God who delights in grace, and today is your day to get out of the boat. Would you stand to your feet this morning?